When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Today is Tuesday, January 19th, and I just wanted to say, welcome to the Churros! <laughs> E-Tacticus Podcast. Uh, we are here, but a couple days after, the Athletic Club sweep home the prestigious Supercopa final. I've always rated that tournament very highly. Uh, I think Real Madrid <laughs> did it. We're genius because if, if you're not going to win it, go home in the, in the semifinal rather than the final so that you get to rest a little bit before the league starts and, and the Copa del Rey kick starts. So great, great tournament for Real Madrid. Greatest tournament for Athletic Club and a disaster tournament for FC Barcelona. So we are here to break down that very important sequence of events here with Diego Lurin. Diego, how you doing? Never ceases to amuse me, man. He always uh, managed to get a smile and a smirk on my face. Uh, these inventive ways of coming up with the intros are, are good. Uh, so, yeah, now I feel good. I'm running out of ideas. Get this pod going. It's, there's only so much no, you can do with the not. intro. At some point, the well's no, going to no. go dry. No, we're going to push each other. Don't worry. Hmm. Well, this is only starting to get good. Today's podcast is really supposed to be a, a mid-season awards show. We do that every single year of the Churros Tacticas podcast. We Mid-season, we give out awards. We talk about the best goalkeeper, best defender, best attacker, etc., MVP. And that's the purpose of today's show. But, I mean, we can spend a little bit of time, mostly um, get your thoughts on, on what happened. I, I saw like about an hour before we hit record here that Barcelona are going to appeal the Messi red card. What are your thoughts on that? On appealing? Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much pointless. Uh, you know, no matter how badly uh, Via Libre was, you know, provoking and, and annoying and uh, irritating Messi throughout the match, he did what he had to do, uh, as in, you know, taking Messi out of the game and getting to the point where even Messi obviously, well, reached boiling point and got himself ejected 
rightfully so because even though there's some images or video which i actually didn't even bother looking at that maybe dispute the say level of aggression or or, or uh, yeah let, let, let's just say that the angle kind of supposedly lessened the for or showed that the, the force with which messi lashed out uh, and Via Libre was with wasn't as hard as it might have seemed, which which again it wouldn't surprise me because he was uh, during extra time in particular constantly on the floor, constantly uh, in excruciating pain, quote unquote, uh, and stretching out the time and wasting time. Um, again, he did what he had to do for a club that was, you know, w- w- about to win. I think their first cup in five titles, the last time that they won this. Cup, which uh, again I believe was five years ago, if I'm not mistaken, um, and which means a whole great deal to them. Uh, and it's one of those situations where you know, uh, in the case of Barça or Real Madrid uh, last year, where you have everything to lose and really nothing to win because nobody really places much importance. Nobody other fan base that is places much importance on these cups unless you lose them. So, you know, to get back to your original question, what do I make of them appealing it? Look, um, again, I think it's pointless because it's clear that what Messi did is not something you're supposed to do on a football pitch. Uh, and each and every single time it will land you a red card. And in the case of Messi now with two matches suspension as well, which is the minimum. So, you know, I I think like with things like this, they should mirror what the NBA does with coaching challenges where in a coaching challenge, you can basically you're only allowed one per game, and so you have to strategically use the appeal, and so you don't have to just appeal senselessly like this and waste everybody's time. That's what I think they should they should do because now it's just like what do you let's not appeal everything now let's appeal like the really really um, right. obvious ones. Um, do you shout out to Raul Garcia by the way? It's it's a lot more fun when he's scoring against your rivals and not against you. What uh-huh. uh, do you have any silver linings that you take out of this game? Like things you came away with, that, like that you that you liked, that you were encouraged about, mm, or did like you come away with an opposite feeling of like that was just uh, uh, terrible to sit through? Mm. Yeah, that follow up question was pretty much unnecessary because my short answer was going to be no, mm. no silver linings. Um, quite the opposite. You know, if uh, I had been mildly, and again, I'm so stupid about when I rewind the clock and, and think about how it sort of, uh, na- my, my na- naivety, 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 yeah. naivety, naivety, got the best of me leading up to this tournament, thinking that the progress that we had been seeing uh, was going to leak over into the Supercopa and, and, and effectively kind of serve as a, I guess, a, a kind of catapult effect on Barca. Uh, w- had we won this and had we continued the good form that we had been displaying beforehand, because this tournament did exactly the opposite. If the, the match against uh, Aleti Club, uh, you know, uh, serve to get those initial doubts uh, creeping back in and, and um, those doubts by by where we saw a Barca that really, you know, was slow, uh, didn't show urgency, a Barca that didn't show that they have their ideas um, clear, uh, a Kuman that isn't really, uh, a Kuman that isn't quite clearly brave enough to stick to the 4-3-3 formation that was somewhat showing 
progress, but instead referring back to this, um, yeah, more of a, you know, what, what would you go for to uh, three? I mean, I don't even know what you can call it anymore at, at this point. It, it's I'm very confused with what I see on the pitch, Key. I'm very confused. And this confusion is now fully translated back into worry. Um and that you know that worry was confirmed when Barca played the final against Athletic Club, where oh god, it it just left me with a very it just left me with a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, the next day, yesterday, I was going to the office. I was in a very bad mood. Uh, by the way, to our listeners, uh, this is not the reason why we didn't record yesterday. But the re- reason we didn't record yesterday was because I was in the office uh, until very late. Um, and I think that sentiment was shared with everybody in the the newsroom where it was just, um, yeah, I think it's, this just confirmed that, you know what, it's just not working out. And Barca can live off of moments of brilliance when things somewhat start clicking and, um, you know, Messi and Griezmann um, have some sort of nice link-up plays. Uh, Pedri continues, if, if well, I, I say Pedri continues to play well. He played very, very badly in the final and in this entire really Supercopa. He was uh, subpar, at least to the performances that we had seen from him uh, early on this season. Um, and also Dembélé, like, uh, and, 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 you know, not to point out individual, uh, I guess, uh, disappointments because I think the team as a whole disappointed, uh, especially in the final. But, um, you know, when you see a player like Iñaki Williams, who doesn't score very often, mm-hmm. or at least not as often as you would want him to uh, for an athletic uh, forward, in the final, he did exactly what you would expect a Dembele to do, and that is cutting in from the left, you know, into the middle, at the top of the box. And if you see that Athletic Club, who's, you know, defensively has always been a very sound and disciplined team, try to get off a shot. Kian, I was on the verge of falling asleep watching the final, and that primarily has to do with the lack of action that we saw. I think in total, if I'm not mistaken, there were maybe two, three shots on goal. So the fact that you didn't bother to watch the final, I don't blame you. Uh, I don't really blame anybody that, you know, prefers to spend their time doing other things. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going off the rails at the moment. I have to watch my words. Um, go off the rails. We need the ratings. Go off the rails. No, I can't. I can't. I can't. I, yesterday, I, I, I was... Um, I w- I, uh, somebody called my attention with regards to the podcast actually and saying that I need to kind of watch my words th- th- I think the fact that there's no president at the moment <laughs> can only <laughs> benefit me um, because uh, it, it's I mean what what's going on with this team how, how can a team with so much talent produce such little offensive threat in a final as well, in a final where, you know, you pretty much have the only chance that you have the season to to win any uh, decent silverware, realistically speaking. And, you know, instead this team comes out and from minute one, from the very first minute of the game, just shows 
no interest. I mean, they, they, they show this kind of lackluster behavior where they think that, you know, passing it left and right and back will somehow miraculously open up the Athletic, you know, athletic Club's uh, a wall, uh, send their defense in disarray and, and cause complete and utter confusion uh, and chaos. But uh, as we know from most teams with Martellino, and shout out to Martellino, man. I mean, he's been in charge for what, two weeks at the most, three weeks? <clears throat> I don't think it even gotten to three weeks yet. Uh, yet he has this team fully engaged, and 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 the magical word, this key word, garra, like you know the the, the fangs uh, that has always characterized this team from the Basque Country has has recouped that under Martellino in record time. Um, and instead, you know, it, again, it's it's uh, with respects to to Barca, it's it's. Um, it's very worrying, man. It is very, very worrying uh, to see this side just, I guess, so, so, so confused, and to also see the coach not take action, imminent action, by allowing you know fresh blood out on the pitch. I mean, the the minutes that the key players have racked up at this moment is 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 unreal. I know that a player like Pedri is very young and apparently, you know, his physique allows him to have um, uh, or, or allows him to deal with extra mileage in a, in a particularly effective and efficient way. But still, look at him. He, he's clearly tired. I mean, the legs were given out. You know, let's let's be a little bit let's be a little bit courageous and give some minutes to players that produce um, that are capable of producing um some some you know some football i mean that's the thing i mean of course i'm talking about ricky puch in this occasion and every time he does come mm. out and play these uh, you know extra times we see that he wants to we see that we see this this willingness um of trying to to get something going each and every single time and i for the life of me don't understand why you wouldn't you know pre- uh, 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 reward that from by allowing him to play from the from the very first minute um, you know, some, I don't know, man, it, 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 it looked, it was very ugly, man. It was very ugly. And, uh, again, it just left me with a very kind of pessimistic and sour, uh, pessimistic view and sour taste in my mouth to be quite frank. Well, <laughs> I, you, you actually, that was a bit extreme or more extreme than I expected. I actually, I thought maybe you were, with regards to positives, maybe you would, you would bring up Griezmann who's performing a little bit better of late. Um and like you said, I because didn't... of the two goals, he he actually did a, had a good game. If you're right, uh, it, my one silver lining was Griezmann's two goals, who had made probably the best game of all the players, the Barca players there. Yes. So I think the awards show might make you feel a little bit better. Yeah, this this one because I have a few Barca names in the list. Okay, so and we have about half right. hour to go through this and. The way we have this outline okay. is we have MVP, we have best defender, best midfielder, best attacker, best goalkeeper, and most improved player. Um, yep. I kind of made a little short list for each category, Diego, and I kind of came up with a rule, which obviously no one has to follow, but I just, just to get more names into the talking points and the discussions, I... I, I, I kind of try to make it so that if, if somebody wins MVP, then we don't count them as like best forward or best defender or whatever. That's because yeah, they've yeah, already yeah, been yeah. thinking. I even, I even tried to, yeah, I tried to come up with new names for every category. Because um, obviously the MVP is the best whatever as well. But just to, to get more names in the discussion. So, 
Um, do you want to leave? Let's actually, maybe let's start with MVP. The most valuable okay. player of the La Liga 2020-2001 season until now, the midway point, who do you think it is? Um, so, Kian, for me, the MVP, the most valuable player of La Liga so far in the midway point, the most valuable player for their team, uh, I based that on you know their I base that on their production their efficiency uh obviously goals and assists as well and I I struggle to uh to to to, to name my uh winner of the midway MVP because um it's Leo Messi okay let me just cut to the chase for me Leo Messi still has to be regarded as the most valuable player of any team because of his 11 goals, because of his four assists. Now, I did make a short list of four MVPs, other ones who I thought you know could compete in, in, in or somewhat come close uh, to compete for this uh, prestigious award. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when you go over all the statistics, when you go over the dribbles, when you go to the over the key categories, the dribbles, the uh, the, the the key passes. Um, you know the, the 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 passes completed the, the everything the passes goals, to the final assists, third carries into the final shots. third everything basically correct it's it's leo messi and even though he's going through his worst season um you know in the past uh, what is it eight ten years it uh it just shows the magnitude the greatness uh, that is leo messi because nobody else just comes close and there are other great fantastic players in the league at the moment, you got your, you know, uh, your Thabas, Joao Felix, even obviously Yago Aspas uh, for Celta is uh, having a good season with nine goals and 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 eight, uh, four assists as well. But at the end of the day, it's it's Leo Messi, regardless of how you know, and 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 again, how how maybe silly it sounds to give MVP to to Leo Messi after having been. Um, ranting about how bad Barca is performing this season, but you got to give it to him. Messi was my number one, too. I actually, so I kind of had a a short list of three players, but I thought there were two in particular that it has to be between those two. Uh, But Messi ultimately takes the cake pretty much for the reasons you mentioned. Also, because if you just take him out of this Barca team, I think we're talking about the difference between a Champions League team and a Europa League mid-table team, to be quite honest with you. And, and yeah. you know, at, at the beginning when he wasn't scoring, he was still creating everything. And now that he's scoring, well, then basically game over. Like, he's the MVP. That's it. The other one that really, really, to me, ranks highly and no shame in, sec- in, in coming second place in my list is the Ago Aspas. He's scored 41% of Celta's goals. He is part of, to me, the main part, but... But there's another there's another Celta discussion to be had later in this podcast. So I'm not going to say he's the main part, but he basically is the main part as to why Celta have been good this season and not fighting for relegation as they are every year. And even when they are, he's the reason why they don't get relegated. But this season in particular, he's had a resurgence. And kind of like in a poor man's messy way, he is right up there with Messi in several categories offensively. And... The complete, like the absolute undeniable linchpin of Celta's attack, Celta's confidence, Celta's everything, 
And there is a case made if you take Aspas out of the Celta team, then they're just nothing, basically, without him. And I know that's a little bit harsh, and, and I'll explain why later that there are other Celta things to talk about. But, like, he is, he is to me, you know, a, a no-shame number two. The third one, to me, is Gerard Moreno, who I think... Hmm. Again, like the way I rate MVP, I've always rated MVP, is if you take said player out of the team, where does that team lie? And, you know, Villarreal has have, have had a good year. Um, I think there is a clear difference with Moreno in the team and, and him within, and Villarreal without him. And if you kind of look at just where they are on the table and what Moreno has done from a goal scoring standpoint, but also from a creating creation standpoint, and also like the amount of times he's just he just plays on the right wing, I value his importance really high. And I also kind of felt badly about not having an Atletico player in the discussion here, given that they are the best team in the league. Part of the reason for that is because Atletico are a very systems based team, and you kind of like take different Jenga pieces out of that team and put replace it with new ones and the, and the stack just stays strong. It doesn't crumble because it's system-based, you know. Whether it's Savage in the back line or, uh, or Jao Felix on the bench or off the bench or Suarez in the team off the team, like that, that team just gets it done like from across the board just like from a system's point of view. So I felt badly about not having an Atletico player, but those are, those are me the top three with Messi being number one and Aspas too. Okay, I think yeah. Okay, okay, good. Fair. How did you do with um, the best goalkeeper award? Man, so I struggled on this one. In fact, as as we were as you were laying out the facts on Aspas, um, I was still trying to come up with some other stats to see actually who I'm gonna give it to because there's so many stats to base this on. Um, and let me let me give you my short list. You ba- we basically have the big three, which is Oblak, Ter Stegen, and, and Courtois. Um, but there are other names that creep into this conversation because of maybe other stats that that don't necessarily reflect just how good uh, some of these goalkeepers are. And I'm mainly talking about uh, Dimitrovic and, and Pacheco, Dimitrovic of Eibar, Pacheco of Alaves. Mm. Um, but you can even add, you know, uh, uh, Jauma from Valencia into this con- conversation. Excuse me, Unai Simon, um, Asenjo of Villarreal. At the end of the day. I based it on two things. I based it on a whole lot of these stats as well as the eye test. Now, the eye test can be maybe misleading uh, and a little bit unfair in the cases of Pacheco and, and Dimitrovic because I watch a whole lot less Alaves and Eibar. Um, but, you know, if you look at, for example, the goals received uh, versus games played ratio, it's actually Remiro of Real Sociedad that takes the lead um, in this category. He has the highest coefficient with zero eight, um, excuse me, 0.84, uh, 16 goals re- received in 19 matches. Now, um, this is actually, I mean, this is obviously La Liga. This is not, um, I'm not including like Supercopa or anything of the sorts in this, right? Um, yeah. Now, other stats that come into this equation, for example, key stops during matches are... Um, uh, penalty stops, uh, also passes from the back, passes completed. Now, something that I'm interested in seeing as I love teams that like to play out from the back, but all of these kind of stats uh, that 
give a whole lot more weight to Dimitrovic and Pacheco and make it very hard for me to, you know, make an argument for the cases like, uh, well, for example, Oblak, who I think consistently uh, for how long has it been now, Kian, uh, for so long has been picking up the Zamora trophy, the the, Pichichi, the equivalent of the Pichichi, but for goalkeepers. Yeah. Uh, mainly because, as you were pointing out before, Atletico's defense is phenomenal. Uh, Savic is playing the most, so you know, one of his best seasons, Trippier as well, Hermoso. Um, you know, their defense is so solid, and I think that, a great goalkeeper that, like the likes of Jan Oblak, obviously benefits from that as well. Um, probably the same cannot be, or definitely not the same cannot be said for in the case of Ter Stegen and Barca, because I mean Barca's defense is like a Swiss cheese in that sense. Um, Courtois has also shown, in particular at the end of last season, just how good of a goalkeeper he is. However, this season, I think so far, this half of the season at least, um, his performance kind of dipped in comparison to how well he finished off the season last season. Uh, look, at the end of the day, uh, I need to give it to somebody. And if I'm going to base it on statistics as well as eye test, <sighs> Oh, man. I... <laughs> Do it. Gun to the head. I, I can't. I can't. I, I, you know, because even like in my heart, says Mark andre Ter Stegen. And, and I almost feel that this Supercopa is, is you know, is, is, is basically swaying my decision. I, I, I cannot honestly sit here and say Mark andre Ter Stegen has been the goalkeeper of the season so far and, and give another reward or another award to a Barca player when I've already given MVP to Messi. Um, so, no. I'm, 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 I'm sorry for Remiro as well, but, you know, He's not going to get it neither, even though he's at the top of the list um, uh, of uh, the Zamora at the moment. I'm going to give it instead to to I'm going to give it to to Pacheco. I think Pacheco hmm. has played, or at least when I saw him play uh, the match I saw against Barça, the match I saw against Alaves. When you look at crucial stops, when you look at um, uh, these types of statistics, the, the the amount of stops that he has made as well so far. Uh, which he leads by a total of, uh, where is it? Where's the number? Yeah. 56, 56 stops, or 51, excuse me. I'm going to give it to Pacheco or Valaves, uh, an underrated goalkeeper at that. That's uh, that's an interesting choice and kind of an hipster, a hipster choice, but I actually, look, any anytime Pacheco gets praise, I'm on board. And... Um, I, I'm totally I'm okay with it. He's not my choice. I don't even think he's in my top three. I think my top three are go to the mainstream kind of boring uh, Oblak, Ter Stegen, and Courtois. I will say this about Pacheco. Like, that dude, he's second in terms of shots against. Like, he just gets blasted. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other one is poor Khamed uh, Domenech, who gets just completely blasted. Um, because of Valencia's defense, and he's like he he. I feel bad for him because Domenech like looks bad almost every Valencia game. But he's also he also makes good saves. But the reason he looks bad is because he looks like literally um, somebody trying to tread water in a whirlpool, asking for help, and he just gets no help. But Pacheco was right there, number two. He has seventy five shots on uh, on target against him, and he's made fifty three saves. So I I think that's a cool choice. I'm, I'm on board with it. I like it. 
Um, for me, number one is. Do you remember how how mm-hmm. he made life difficult for Barça and, and Madrid as well? Always does. Generally, always does. I've al- I've always liked him. Yeah. Um, I give it to Oblak. Uh, I hear your arguments, and I often make the same argument about like him, you know, having the best defense in Europe in front of him. I will say that, like, despite that, you know, you be, I'd love to see Oblak play in like Real Madrid just to see like what would happen because I just want to see him getting tested over and over again. But having said that, like, even mm-hmm. Atletico with the, that great defense that they have, he always comes good, generally speaking, with any time. Like the tests come, he he deals with it, right? Um, mm-hmm. His save percentage is also top of the league. To be fair to him, um, saves point eight. He saves eighty percent, eighty seven percent of the shots he's faced with, which is the best in the league. Courtois right there at, at number two, eighty one percent. So, but to me, the, those are the top three: Oblak, Courtois, Ter Stegen, and I'll give it to, to Oblak. I'd be interesting. Would yeah. you? So so. Uh, Considering the love or the appreciation I have for for Pacheco, would you be interested in? Uh, because I mean, for the listeners who don't know, of course he's he's got a it's un blanco. He's got a white yes. history. He, yes, he came from uh, from the, the the academy, Real Madrid academy. Would you want him back? Uh, I, would you like him him over Courtois? I assuming the answer is no. But but as reserve keeper, who do you have in reserve right now? Is it? Still Zizou's kid, or was it? <laughs> no, no, he's uh, he's been sold. <laughs> um, I mean, he's been sold. Um, last season, we actually covered him a little bit on the loan tracker. Uh, Lucas Zidane, that is, he played for Racing. It was okay. He actually, like Loki, had some pretty good saves, a couple howlers, but um, they they officially sold him. But um, right now, we have Andre Lunin and. Um, we have Altube, who is uh, a, a youth team keeper. And those are basically our three. So, would I take him over Courtois? No. Would I take him as a backup? Is he? Would he be immediately better than Lunin and Altube? Yes. Clearly, yeah. Um, I just would feel bad for him to have that role. Because historically yeah, speaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Real Madrid backup goalkeeper role barely plays. Um, yeah. And so, like, you know, I, I just remember that the exception to this is probably, there's a couple exceptions. One is that Cesar, we all well, <laughs> exactly. Cesar and, uh, and Casillas, and Cesar, Cesar and yeah. Casillas back in the day, but also Diego Lopez and, and Casillas a little bit later. But, like, I, I remember, remember um, uh, Polish goalkeeper, um, why am I blanking on his name? Please, God, help me. Uh, Polish goalkeeper. Oh man, got it. Jersey Dudek, <laughs> Jersey Dudek, who obviously oh, had yes. a really good career with yeah. Liverpool. He joined Liverpool. Real Madrid, yes. and he just never played. And some, and you'd be forgiven to forget that he actually played for Real Madrid at all. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I would love I mean, to have what, him as backup, but I would feel bad for him for not playing. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Yeah, no. What happened with Cesar and, and Diego Lopez and Mourinho times? That was pretty exceptional, um, and they performed well. I mean, you got to say they, they did good. I mean, Cesar started Champions League final, and and in Diego Lopez's case, yeah, he was huge. He was really huge in, during Casillas' decline. He was very important. So, exactly. 
Yeah. I'd be curious to know what you did with best defender because this is the category I struggled most with. So what, who did you have for best defender? You did? Yeah. Ah, for me, so it, it, it was difficult only because picking one, I felt like I was not doing justice to, to the team effort. Um, you know, you, and again, I'm going to go back to something you reverted to when you were talking about Atletico, uh, the system, right? The system that is so important. Now, Savic has been the go-to guy for uh, Simeone all season. Um, I mentioned before, he's played more minutes than, he ever, than he's ever had. Um, the same can be said for Hermoso. Uh, you know, a standout defender for uh, Atletico de Madrid this season. But I think, you know, there's one player here who I would say is having his best season so far. Um, since arriving, he's been good. Uh, he went through a little bit of a dip, but I think his stock has only been rising uh, since the beginning of the season, and that's uh, Trippier. I think, um, you know, his impact for Atletico is... is uh, uh, it, it, it's it, I don't want to say uncalculable uh, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but incalculable. Uh, you know, like incalculable. Thank you. But you know, he's he's for me, he's having the best season since his arrival, and for that reason, uh, of that back line. You know, I, I'm not mentioning Lodi just because I think Trippier, Savage, and and Hermoso have been the standout three of that back line with Trippier. You know being the standout for me. I did put down Kunde because I think here for Sevilla has also been, um, uh, you know, exceptionally good. I think, you know, more inconsistent than in the case of uh, Trippier. That's why Trippier for me takes this, uh, again, prestigious award. That's interesting. So I had, so this was the biggest, I, I had like a lot of like honorable mentions in this one, more so than I did in, ad, in other categories. Like I made a short list of three but then beyond those three, I thought there were a lot of really, really good defenders this season at Liga that I would be, I would just, it'd be remiss not to mention them at least. And I, but my top mm-hmm. three uh, were Trippier, Ramos, and Kunde. And I think with Trippier, it's an interesting one because you don't think of him as a defender, but because he plays that position and he's been so good, you have to mention right. him. And I, and I, so just to, just to double down, I would actually give it to Trippier too. And again, not necessarily from a defensive standpoint, but because he contributes so much to the attack, um, so many important things to the attack in a in a Simeone team that that's not an easy position to play too. But I've I've been impressed with Trippier the most, and I think if you take him, Atletico don't struggle because, as we said, systems based. But that is the one position that they don't necessarily have a great uh, option for, unless you want to put a Versaico in there. But there's a clear drop off there from Trippier, um, Ramos. It goes without saying. I, you know, I, I noted on my column last week signs of slowing down or whatever, losing a little bit of pace um, from a just a reading of the game standpoint, but also so comfortable with the ball at his feet, which is so important to a team like Real Madrid that has lost the ball quite a bit coming out of the back lately. He's he's really important, and you take him out of the defense and you kind of see what happens. Although Nacho has actually been kind of good filling in, but you know, um, and Kunde was my third one for obvious reasons. But I thought there were a lot of interesting names like you know um one like one of the names that just from a pure defensive standpoint like Ferland Mendy that like he's a rock he's a wall like nobody can get past him from like pure defensive standpoint you can also get into the discussion of like you know what it entails to be a fullback and contributing to the attack which he doesn't do 
But from a pure defensive standpoint, I mean, he's up there. Um, I also thought about Alba for different reasons. I mean, and this is keeping in mind we're, we're ignoring what happened in the Supercopa final. Um, but he, Alba also, just from an importance perspective of what he brings to the attack also for Barca, um, it has been very good. Um, we can't we can't have this discussion without mentioning Jesus Navas, who who ranks so high in offensive metrics for Sevilla from a defensive position. Savage, like you mentioned, has now turned into like a really uh, a really good leader for for Atletico in the back line. Um, mm. You'll be happy to know that I also had Emerson of Real Batiste in this list as a as a Barcelona loanee because he's been really good from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, at right back. I had him last year. Yeah. Mm. Um, I I wanted to include Cucurella, but he hasn't played defense defend uh, a defensive position. He's been playing in midfield, but. He's also had a low-key good season despite Hatafe not being good. And the other two, just to give um, some shout-outs to some mid-table to low-table t- low La Liga teams, if you have to mention someone from Cadiz because they've been good defensively relative to what they're capable of, um, Alfonso Espino has been really good. And the other one is Paulo Oliveira of Ibar. Um, so this one had a big big short list for me. I just thought there were a lot of good defensive performances, and maybe that's apt and appropriate because La Liga this season has been about lack of goals and good defensive lines. So maybe 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 it was supposed to be that way. Yeah, and yeah, I, I like it actually. I, I'm quite surprised that we were quite on the same wavelength for this uh, best award for a defender because I, I didn't expect that you would pick uh, Trippier to be honest. Uh, I thought you, you were going to give it to Ramos, and um, I like that you mentioned his, you know, the the fact that he so increased his his presence offensively already last year. I mean, I think last year we already saw him um, getting close to Juanfran uh, numbers, and and already this season he's got three assists. But I, I think that's particularly what I find so impressive is the fact that he he's he's managed to increase his productivity offensively but still in the back uh being ever so solid and and you know that that uh rendimiento right that um uh that work ethic i guess of his is something that is uh yeah pretty admirable and and for somebody who right now has been in the news for uh all the wrong reasons and i don't think you know i'm not don't blame him for that uh but you know this whole betting thing that is now. Uh, I think FIFA has now confirmed, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, the suspension. Oh, I hope uh, not. So is that true? To see what's, I believe so. I um, might want to double check. Well, that. you but, um, you just the up pure uproar of um, mm. from Atleti, rightfully so, of him. Uh, just the amount of time he'd miss and how important he is to him. You can just see how important he is by the uproar of of, of them being so upset about it. And I, for what it's worth, yeah. I I really hope that that doesn't stand because that's a ridiculous um ridiculous ban to begin with. But, for sure, yeah, for sure, for sure. But but what I was gonna point out and and to his credit that uh, you know he doesn't seem phased by it. So I mean he seems determined to continue to. Uh, the, if not the most important, one of the most important guys for Diego Simeone. Um, he's touching the ball more. He's creating more chances as well. Like I mentioned, his his assist numbers, uh, and also on the back, like you know, I think they found the perfect replacement in that sense for uh, uh, an Atleti legend that was Juan Fran. So next we have 
I just I didn't realize the time. My God. Uh, next we have best midfielder. So what did you have for that? Uh, so for me, best midfielder was quite potentially the easiest. If it wasn't for the, I mean, if MVP was really the easiest, I think the second, the next uh, one in that category was midfielder. Uh, again, hmm. I got got to give it to uh, Colchonero, and I gave this one to Llorente. Um, I love it for probably all the reasons that you're going to mention. <laughs> um, that is, I'm assuming that you you've got Llorente here as as. Uh, your midfielder. I actually didn't, but obviously I have him as as a candidate. Uh, actually, I didn't even have him in my in my top three. If I'm being really honest, and I probably should have looking at the names now, but I um, <clears throat> I don't know because you consider him more of a forward, or I don't. I didn't have him in my top forwards either. I I don't know why I had him in my. Um, <laughs> we we have another category which I have him as a nominee, which maybe that's why I just. I, uh, I didn't have him in here, but I actually had Mikel Merino, who I think has been really, really good for Real Sociedad for a couple years yeah. now, and um, yes. and and I think like I, I wanted to also just include somebody from that team. I mean, you mentioned uh, yeah. Ramiro, but uh, but I uh, I think he's been really good for a couple years now, and I've been impressed with him thoroughly for for a while. I had him. I also wow, this is a shocker. A little bit. I also had. Um, my I rounded up my top three uh, with Danny Parejo, who has mm-hmm. found himself at Villarreal after a, a slowish start, and <laughs> and, uh, and Luka Modric is my number three. It was between him and Cruz as 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 my three, and if I had to pick one, I I choose Modric, even though Cruz like is a is a statistical machine, like he just dominates so many categories. But like Modric, what he's doing at, at this age has been really remarkable. And he contributes to so many different areas of Real Madrid's balance, if you will. Um, so I have Modric as my, as my top three. I can't, yo, I can't believe this man. A player that you uphold, that you adore so publicly for so long, that comes from the academy, that moves over to the neighbors. And this season so far, I think he's played 16 games, 12 of which he's been in the starting 11, scored six goals. Uh, continues to, you know, uh, surprise us all and raise our eyebrows ever since uh, uh, Diego Simeone reinvented that position, which is definitely more offensive than than that, you know, central midfield role that that he's played for most of his life, uh, his life, his, his football career. Um, but the fact that he didn't even make your shortlist, man, like this, this is your guy. I was like, for sure, Iki and me are going to be agreeing, uh, you know, ingredients on this. So I'm not going to really bother <laughs> to outline my case as to why I think Llorente has been the, the midfielder of the season so far. Atletico's, you know, they're, they're number one, man. They're number one, and, and a large part of that has to do with um, the uh, the production coming from Llorente. He's been unbelievable. I have, honestly, I have no issue with him being named as the best, to be quite honest, because he's just so, like, again, we're but not talking... even the shortlist. Not even the shortlist, yeah. I have him in. We'll get to it. But I'm feeling bad now. I I mean the thing is like I've I've watched pretty well every Llorente game this season and last season and yeah. I've been blown away with his evolution. I think he's been unbelievable. I think you know even though Atletico is such a systems based team, what he contributes both defensively and offensively is incredible. 
what he does in that right wing and that right half space is unbelievable. I mean, his goal scoring production is is his cutbacks, everything. He's been incredible. Um, I don't have an issue with with you having him there. I mean, the best one is is uh that 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 that's one that one is debatable but in the short list for sure and i guess where do you put him do you put him in a, in a forward role do you put him in a midfield role I, I guess that's up for debate but yeah um yeah. so then who did you have for best forward so best forward i gave my award to um this one was up for a toss and, and it was almost like a coin toss that decided this but at the very last minute i uh, put the coin back in my pocket and instead I just picked Oyarzabal mm-hmm. for uh, simple reasons, really. I think it, it was between Aspas and Oyarzabal. Aspas, because of his importance for Celta, uh, we discussed it before. Don't need to rehash that again. Uh, everybody listening to the to this podcast will know just how important Aspas is for that team, for that club, where they would be without him, which is uh, in Segunda División, no, no doubt about it. And this season so far, he's been uh, phenomenal. Uh, but me, I had to give it to a player that I think offers a little bit more um, from, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, playing for his team. Um, You know, Oyarzaba doesn't just play for himself, but he he also gets his teammates involved. Um, He scored seven goals, given four assists. This is something interesting. All all of the uh, Pichichis right now, so the, the top goal scorers, I use that word incorrectly because, but but say the short list of the top goal scorers because Pichichi obviously is only ever number uh, just one, but uh, they all have four assists. So Leo, Oyarzabal, Joao Felix, and and Aspas all have four assists, um, and maybe I'm leaving anybody off of that list. But <clears throat> um, you know, Oyarzabal again, I think his his the importance for his team cannot be understated. I know that they've dropped recently. In, um, in 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 output, right? In their performance, they yeah. started off the season ever so well. Last few games league. have been a bit rough. Uh, yeah, last few games have been rough. But I'll tell you what: ever since, so when he when Oriol went down, he was injured for a month. The month of uh, I think it was the end of November and the month of December. Um, his the team went two for fifteen, so they only managed to pick up two points of the fifteen possible, and even though he came back and they still seem to be struggling at least to pick up wins um there was a clear before and after and and i think before his injury his team was was playing at a higher level and and also in the supercopa um you know the guy is just a, a magnificent forward that uh is can be creative he can create off you know he can create something for himself from long range and also be uh, ever so, you know, nifty inside of the box with with dangerous dribbles and create uh, shots for himself. But also very generous with his teammates. His link up with Porto is great with Isaac, with with uh, Jose Williams. So, um, yeah, when it came when it comes to forwards, I would love to have Oyarzabal on his team, and um, I would love to see Llorente and Oyarzabal also play together on the on the national side more. Uh- all great points. I don't have anything to disagree with there. So just based on my my kind of silly rule for this podcast in what was, if if I've already nominated them, I won't nominate them again. So as a reminder for MVP, I had Moreno and Aspas in the discussion already. So um, I'll omit them from this discussion. But yeah, to me, it's Aspas, the answer of like best forward, um, if we're not including Messi. 
So my new shortlist was Oyar Saba, Karim Benzema, and Luis Suarez. And mm-hmm. uh, Oyar Saba is number one for me as well. I think Suarez, if he if he was able to play more, and the only reason he wasn't was because of health reasons. Um, he, it's possible he would have bumped himself to number one. I mean, he's been anytime he's been on the pitch, he's basically scoring. So I, I'd be I'd be curious to know where he would rank by the end of the season if he can stay healthy. Um, he's been great. Uh, so those are my three. I also wanted to give a shout out to Ocampos. Zhao Felix has cooled off a little bit here. Uh, otherwise, he'd probably yes. be right in the discussion. And um, part of the reason I said I think you're going to like the awards show. And what the, you know, maybe you'll feel better after uh, after that Supercopa discussion. I think like the last month or so, would you say? I think Griezmann is like in the discussion here. Mm, no. Like no no I'm Wait, just saying would, like if I'm, let's I'm say if the season was only the last month he'd be in the conversation I think I'm going to put Dembélé ahead of Griezmann, Griezmann at this point Okay if I'm if I'm going to if I'm going to you know if I'm going to prize any other Barca forwards then yeah I'm going to mention Dembélé ahead of Griezmann So we have one category left and that is the most improved player who did we have last season? I think it, I think it was Fede Valverde, if I'm not mistaken. Did we? Yes. Well, we did it twice last yes. season. because I, I can't remember if Fede Valverde was the midway award or the final award. Because in the second half of the season, he wasn't as influential. It was so. definitely the midway. Midway, yeah. 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 So who did you have as Which your most just, improved? Um, so this one, actually, I, I gave it to a Barca player. And um, the reason being is because I think uh, he's one of those players at this point this season where I'd wonder where this team would be without his work rate. I think that he is still being underrated um, by many and not appreciated as well by many. When I say by many, I, I mainly mean the press, actually. I think that you know they, they can be quite harsh with him. Uh, he's playing in a more advanced position that allows him to be or, yeah, he's found himself to be more productive uh, there as well. I mentioned his work rate because he continues to run back, track back, and, and uh, dispossess players uh, on important counterattacks and occasions. Uh, I don't know if we can give, or, you know, if we're going to be fair, we probably give Kumon some credit here because he did mention when he came in that he knew how to get the best out of uh, Frankie de Jong. And we've, we've seen that so far. I think Frankie de Jong, for me, has been the most improved player so far this half of the season. Um, and um, and that's that, really. <laughs> well, uh, I actually had a few Barca cat, uh, players in this category. Well, two to three. I, I actually initially had Pedri, but then I remembered that Pedri didn't even play last season, so maybe his category would be rookie or breakout star or something. Um, mm-hmm. But I had De Jong as um, most improved. and mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I just think like he's fit Barca so much better this season than he did last season. And last season, I thought he started his Barca career pretty well. Um mm-hmm. But then this year, I thought he's just more of a well-rounded player and better positionally. 
he's he's yeah. playing in a role that suits him where he can intercept passes coming out of the back but he can also be in the right place at the right time for Barca's transition attacks yeah. he's just he's, yeah. he's 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 highly influential in the build up so i have de jong and the other one i have is Yanni Carrasco which i know is kind of a weird choice maybe but Carrasco Carrasco's role this season has been so impressive to me because he's playing this like left wing back role. And I mean, Diego Simeone is the king of just reinventing players, but he he's been also so important in providing a, a an important two way presence for Atletico on the left flank, being so involved offensively but doing so much hard work defensively from that position that I have Carrasco in there too. Um, okay, and just to expand it farther, this is where I had Marcos Llorente, by the way. Which I don't probably makes no sense because he was good last year, but I think he just taken it to another level this year in terms of taking a leap and and even getting better. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also had Koke. Yeah, Dembos. Koke most improved. <laughs> well, just compared to okay. last season, I think yeah. Last season, he's right, looked. I mean, this this has looked more particularly bad. I think, yeah, this season. has looked mm-hmm. more akin to the the promising Koke of when he was young. Right. This, yeah. Right. Right. Um, I had Hermoso. Mm-hmm. I would have had Ansu Fati in here if he was playing, you know, because mm-hmm. the way he started the season on fire, I think, would have put him in in maybe even number one. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Hill is another one. Ah, oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. 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 Did oh, you know man, he I leads La Liga in nutmegs? <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. That's a Brian Hill stat. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, I'm very high on that player. Already last year, um, shout out to Mark Brown, who actually you know, forced me to keep an eye on Brian Hill, saying that this is going to be a player that is going to you know, uh, cause some waves and, and wreak havoc on, uh, on La Liga, whatever team he plays on. And uh, when he did make his move t- uh, to Eibar, I was thinking, well, that's it, or... You know that I don't think that's a team that's going to suit him very much, but uh, he has been phenomenal this season for sure. That's all the categories, right? Well, I was going to say you, you forgot the same one that you forgot last year. I remember you forgetting this one because when I brought it up, you were like, "Oh, oh!" And I texted it to you, and that's coach, man. Of course, we got to give the we got to give one to the coach. Coach, yeah. How did I forget that one? Um, I actually have a. An answer in pocket here. So, what? What? Who did you have? It can, it can only be one. So, yeah. I think I think we're gonna agree. Probably, it's got to be Diego Simeone. Yes, it's got to be Diego. It's got to be Diego for putting his team well ahead of the two giants, the two La Liga giants that are Barcelona and Real Madrid, for being well on his way to. Uh, reconquer the La Liga title, which will be well-deserved when they do. Three games in hand, and they're how many points ahead? I don't know right now at the top of my head. but It's like three um, plus all the games they have in hand. Plus all those games, right? Three games, yeah. Um, You mentioned the the fact that they're system-based. Well, you know, not only out in the pitch do they prove to be a system-based team where he can, you know, rotate his players accordingly and the output still be as effective and efficient as, as ever. Uh, with one of their star players coming off of the bench, bench that is Joao Felix. And, and so far, I guess, managing that fairly well. I mean, we did see him lash out uh, a couple of times when he was substituted 
in his eyes prematurely. But, um, you know, nothing coming out of the media with regards to any bad blood ruined there. So it seems that he's managing his players very well. They all know their role. Um, you know, you get players coming off of the bench that are uh, being very efficient Um uh, Ferreira, for example, as well. I mean, just, just you know, uh, players come in, they do what they, they're asked from their manager, and we got to give them credit. And let's not forget as well, I said uh, system-based out on the pitch, but also behind the scenes because uh, he for, he lost his right-hand man, right? Uh, the departure yeah. of uh, Mona Burgos, I think, must have been a massive blow for the dressing room and, and quite a shock as well for Diego himself, as, if not his best friend, one of his closest friends and, and biggest ally. Uh, right-hand man during out all, during all these years and and him not being there, uh, you know, it showed that it it's, it hasn't really affected the uh, the team at all or or and and uh, yeah their productivity. So credit to Diego Simeone, he's managed to get this team to play also more offensively. Uh, they're definitely more fun to watch this season. And um, yeah, fuck it. I mean, no no debates here. <laughs> It's, it's got to be you. Well, you mentioned something there, fun to watch this year. To me, that's like, that's a key because I would like yeah. to, I feel obligated to watch all of Atletico's games. And mm-hmm. I feel much happier doing it this season with, because they're more fun to watch this season. So in the mm-hmm. past, it felt like a chore, you know, although, and, and, and I kind of maybe <laughs> like defensive yeah. performances more than most, but to sit through it week in, week out, it's really difficult. But to actually enjoy watching them play has is, is been amazing. So thank God for that. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm happy to give it to Simeone. The other one I wanted to give a mention to is um, is Eduardo Cudea at Celta. And that's part of the reason why I said, you know, like as great as Aspas has been, maybe it's unfair to say it's been only him. Cudea, I think, has done a really good job since taking over. And... Uh, I, I just think it's worth worth mentioning him. I don't know necessarily where he ranks, but in terms of just like the difference that he's made uh, in a Celta team that basically has been in the same like part of the treadmill for the last few years, yeah. this has been it's been an impressive yeah. uh, switch around there. And let's see, let's see, let's see where Marcelino fits in the discussion at the end of the season. Something to keep definitely. an eye on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. In fact, I mean, um, and talking about your boy Parejo, he. Uh, I think yesterday I read something where he talked about you know just how big of a blow it was for Valencia to to lose Marcelino, and um, yeah he had nothing but but good words for uh, for the for the coach who who seems to be blended you know right in there with the Athletic Club players. I mean they uh, you know if you talk about players that have bought the the pitch, let's say um, it seems that they're that, that yeah that things are clicking there. So. Uh, well, good, good on him as well. And on the on the note of uh, Parejo, we have to mention Emery too. I mean, Emery's done a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Um, and Aguasil is yeah. in the conversation again. They've cooled off a little bit too, but this is a really good team. Um, I also okay. think we. I mean, just for. I think Kuman deserves to be in the discussion too because I think he, he finally he had the balls to to bench Ricky Pooch, who's such a bad young player. I just think that's that's a great decision. You motherfucker! I was like, where is he gonna go with this? All right, I got you. I got you. Um. All right. That's it, right? <laughs> Happy. 
<laughs> I realized my I was rushing to, but I realized my podcast is with Matt actually isn't about forty five minutes. So I I had time. I I got the you know me. I I I'm terrible with uh, calculating time zones and stuff. Uh, so, uh, I'm, my, my discussion with Matt is in about 45 minutes and, uh, if anyone's interested, um, all right, here, let's do one, one quick category. Easy one. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Go, go pitch. No, no, no. Pitch your podcast. Excuse me. (laughs) Finish your thought. Pitch my podcast. No, I was just going to say if anyone's listening to this is interested in hearing about David Alaba and Terea Madrid and also Martin Odegaard being omitted from the Real Madrid Copa del Rey squad today. Uh, that's what Matt and I are going to talk about. And also Jovic's debut with Frankfurt. Um, sorry, what was your category? Oh. So, no, actually, I just thought of two more. Uh, an obvious one. I mean, team of the of the season of the midseason. I think, obviously, I think you know, we're going to agree on this one. But uh, maybe we can talk about the MVP of that team. Atletico so team MVP. And MVP of the team. Okay, go. Huh? We're talking about Atletico MVP, right? Right. This is a tough one. And you said it was going to be an easy one. You lied. It's not easy to talk, talk no, about. No, I said that. No, I meant that the team is going to be easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is tough. No, this one's tough. This one's tough. So as much as I I, I would love to give Trippier another award, I can't. I don't think it can be him. Despite how important he is and how he's literally their, own, their only right back that can be relied upon. Um. Wow, I I I think I would give it to Marcos Llorente, and I, and I think like look, I think Suarez has to be in the discussion because he is he is their leading goal scorer and he's reliable. So I, I think it actually has to be. Okay, here's my short list: Trippier, Suarez, Marcos Llorente, and after that, yeah. Um, then you can talk about like, well, who is the best player, like. Just as a whole, not necessarily from performance based season. Then you can talk about start talking about Jao Felix, and then you also have to talk about like the importance of Carrasco and stuff. And 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 kind of I, one player I've been disappointed with this season has been Saul. Like I don't know what's happening to him, but um, yeah, I, I'll go with I'll go with the de facto MVP. I'll actually go to Marcos Llorente. Okay, I'll go with Spade. But me, my 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 short list would would have been exactly the same. Yeah, Trippier, Suarez, and um, and Llorente. What about one more quickly? What about the best transfer of the season so far? This one's maybe a little bit tougher. <sighs> okay, do you have something prepared for this? Because I need to think about this for no. a second. <laughs> Oh God! I, I mean, I think that the most obvious one, and I say this now because obviously I, we just mentioned his name, uh, Luis Suarez. Mm-hmm. If 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 you're not choosing Luis Suarez, um, would be the. I mean, looking at the teams, looking at the players they brought in, maybe Cubo Villarreal, but uh, is a close second. All right, Kubo Villarreal was a disaster. Uh, you have. <laughs> okay, June. I don't know why I didn't catch on to that. You pulled it off well. You were very serious. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, uh, I mean. Mm. Suarez is a great shout. Um, off the top of my head, you also have to talk about Parejo. 
Parejo and, and Moreno, right? Yep. Moreno. Uh, Gerard Moreno was already there last season. Excuse yeah. me, excuse me. I, I, I take. They had yeah. uh, they had uh, they had a bunch of players come in, but um, uh, Coughlin was the other one from Valencia who came in. But Coughlin, yeah. Uh, Estupiñan was a great signing for them too. Estupiñan, yes. Estupiñan, I had him uh, last season in in um, like one of my. I think we even went a step further and talked about wing backs and stuff. It's and possible. I think I think I think last season we actually did like. Right back, left back, yeah. or something of that sort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other one, I mean, we have to mention is David Silva, who's been, who's been really yes. good. Yeah. So yeah. that's so we have yeah. Suarez, Silva, Parejo, Estupiñan. Um, Any city for Sevilla, and I know that he came in the mid, halfway in the season. Of yeah, course. I don't think he counts uh, for them last season. It doesn't count. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that it doesn't count, but he he actually. In, in, I, I, you know where I would put him in the conversation of most improved. Hmm. I mean, fuck, he scored a hat trick against Real Sociedad. I'll show Noir Zabal on the day. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. That seems like a pretty good list that we just pulled out of our ass. I mean, given that we didn't prepare for that, <laughs> I've, I'm I'm pretty impressed with yeah. us. <laughs> Even though we had to go and Google it and stuff, like who were the transfers this summer? Oh, I've got, I've got one more. I got one more. Okay. A big one. This is a good one. Is he a transfer or a promotion? No, no, no. He didn't come from the Barça. No, that was a that's a transfer from Las, from, uh, Las Palmas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, then that's a great signing. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I didn't know that. Why did I not know that? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great, great, uh, great scouting from Barça. So, mm. do you have any more categories? I think that's all. Wrap it up? Are you sure? Well, uh, what about twelfth man? Any cr- players off the bench? I remember we had a category for that last year. Where I, had, I, I had Vidal yes. for that one. I think I had I had Correa for that. Mm. I can't think uh, of one on that spot for that. Sorry, I'm out on this one. Right I, I I brought the category up, but I, I'm out. I don't want to talk. I don't want to. I don't want to start guessing right now. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's just wrap it here Crypt- then. The cryptocurrency with most potential. Are you into cryptocurrencies, Keon? I'm not. You, uh, Did you know there was a signing today? Uh, a cryptocurrency signing today? No. Who was it? Um, yeah, today it was like the first time ever a footballer has been signed with cryptocurrency or something. What? Get yeah. yeah. That's massive news. Um, That's huge. Yeah, I remember seeing it, and I was like, "Oh, that that seems significant." Um, <laughs> it was. Let me see if I can find it. It was uh, David Baral. Oh, David. Yeah, Segunda B side, uh, Internacional de Madrid. Wow! No, that is that is. I'm not even joking. That is massive news, man. Yeah. Former Real Madrid striker. Here we go. Get out of here, pop up. Former Real Madrid striker becomes first ever footballer with free in Bitcoin. That is interesting. I'm gonna, I need to send this article to a friend. It's gonna go crazy. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about this Thanks stuff enough. I wish I did, um, because everyone I know was like, "Do you have Bitcoin?" I was like, "I don't." Sorry, I don't. If, if I'm not an expert on the subject, I'm not gonna get into it. 
Um, yeah, I know. I've I've succumbed to FOMO, man. I'm like, uh, it's it's 2021. If I need, if I can describe it in any way right now, it's 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 crypto. It's um, uh, I have a good friend that is just he's he's FOMO'd the shit out of me to uh, actually start taking this serious and and kind of you know planting some seeds left and right in the hope that in case shit happens in five ten years from now i can be a millionaire and just do churros y tacticas all, all day <laughs> can i uh oh did you have you seen harden play yet for the nets <laughs> yo what happened with his belly man how come this the last game of the season for the rockets he, he, he's walking around with a bigger butt and a bigger belly than ever. I think he had a lot of shirts on or something, from what I understand. Is because that true, though? Yeah, I think he... Be, yeah, true? because it's with the Nets, he doesn't have that. No, he, he looks he looks perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I have seen him play. I've seen... Uh, I, I, I saw the games where... Well, his first game, right? He lit it up. It was a 50-something points. Um I last track, but uh, him and him and Durant are literally just two torches. Like they're just flaming torches walking on the court, and it's I don't know how you stop that. My biggest question, Kyrie man is going to stop that. I, it's, it seems <laughs> that that player that is, is 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 a cancer, unfortunately, because he was one of my favorite players at some point. Uh, you know, while he was at the Cavs, and and I don't know exactly what happened. Who advises the the kid? But he seems very badly advised on a whole lot of topics and or a whole lot of things. And uh, I think that he could be a reason why this team just you know doesn't really click at least this season. Because um, I, I, God knows what's going on. I mean, you're hearing and reading all kinds of things, right? I mean, Durant made the move to play with him and now he's not actually even playing well i i don't know he's a mystery he's an enigma he is i guess he's very woke um he is a woke man among many sheep as i think he sees it how he sees it and i don't know what what's going on with him and when he's gonna be back but um it will be interesting to see I don't know. I just, yeah, you're right. It is. It's. It's like a weird thing, right, with him, and he could be. He is a cancer in many ways. But how do you stop that when there's those three on the court? I don't. I don't know. Like, does it matter if they're in sync? If they can't defend, they just score three hundred points, and that's it. Whistle goes, and I don't know how you outscore that. I really don't. I had concerns oh, about like when see. this happened. I had concerns about their depth and their defense and all that, and their and their maybe height and the lack of size in the post. But I just don't know how you outscore yeah. those three human beings, and and so that's what I'm curious about. I am happy to report that the Raptors are waking up a little bit. <laughs> They're five and eight now, one I think three in a row. That's nice. Whoa. Beat the Mavs last night pretty handedly, and Doncic was playing. Oh, well, that's that's not an easy easy task. Yeah, that's not an easy task. Exactly. Yeah. Let's well, so just what you got. You got. Uh, Lakers Nets in the final sounds about right to me. I don't know, but who knows? I mean, this is such a weird year, and like everything is weird, is. right? So I, I, I don't know what to predict, but on paper, that sounds about right to me, Diego. Who knows? Man, that would be a fun shootout, eh? That would be a good finals rating, <laughs> rating wise. Yeah, that would do yeah, well for sure, yeah. for sure. All right, Diego. All right, my man. Nice chatting as always. We'll be back some point it was fun we don't know you run yes. yet because we have to figure it out because friday might be a tricky day but we'll be back at some point this week for our patrons 
Yes. And uh, yeah. All right. All right. Chat soon, my man. Take care. Peace. Chat soon. Follow us at Churros Tacticas. And, and go to patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 